We have talked a lot on this podcast about marketing, about bringing new clients into your business, because a lot of photographers are, you know, constantly looking to increase the number of inquiries that they're getting, the number of clients that they're booking. They're sort of at that end of the issue. However, not everyone suffers from not enough work. At some point, once you put those marketing tactics into place, you do eventually get to a place where your problem is the opposite, where you have so much work that you feel overwhelmed and bogged down. Now, I've mentioned on here that outsourcing is a really great way to start to lighten your load. It's actually a really important thing, I think, to identify those areas of your business that don't light you up, that don't bring you joy, <laughs> and when the time is right, uh, find someone else who can take those things over for you. But the you know, almost everyone agrees that accounting is something that they're happy to give up. But the other big one that we've talked about a fair amount is giving up editing. And not everyone wants to give up that part of their workflow, which I totally get. So I'm really excited today to share a conversation with you that I had with Amy Sanusi, who's been a guest on the podcast before, who has a studio manager and has for several years. She actually started in photography as a studio manager. So today she is sharing her thoughts and insights on hiring someone, training them, and working with them in the role of studio manager, where they are managing a lot of the business side of your business while you focus on shooting and editing. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. today. Hey, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. <laughs> Welcome back to This Can't Be That Hard. Hey, I'm in, so happy to be here. <laughs> you're in a relatively small group of people who have now been on the podcast more than once since it's I feel honored. still a year, <laughs> just over a year old. Yeah, no. Oh my well, gosh, I'm, really? It's already been a year? It has been. I started in February of 2020. So wow, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. And and actually, we are very close to the 100th episode. So it's been a busy year. We've Whoa. covered a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I know. But um, last time that you came on, which was, I guess, about six months ago, um, yeah, we think- were... T- I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the time is a weird thing right now. Right, yeah. Um, but we were talking about your business. You, this was actually pre move, like mm-hmm. you hadn't moved yet and you were feeling kind of overwhelmed by your, um, you had booked up really early for the fall and you were frustrated because like some of your favorite clients hadn't listened to you when you said like, you need to book <laughs> now. Yeah. And we ended up talking for a while about that. Can you give, before we dive into today's chat about studio managers. Um, do you have an update for us? Yeah. So I, after we moved, um, the rest of my fall was insane, um, because I was traveling in and out of the city. And so it, I, after the end of that fall season, I was like, okay, no, this is, we're done with this now. (laughs) I can't be driving back and forth an hour and a half each way every day or every day. Um, And so I actually took your revenue on repeat course, which you had suggested, Mm -hmm. and I was able to implement it by the end of January. And I created a really like, 
amazing yearbook club for my families that I really loved. I only launched it to my recurring returning members. Mm-hmm. And I actually ended up booking five more slots than I anticipated, oh, wow. <laughs> which is oh, awesome. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up with 25 people, which I was planning on maybe 10. Wow. I was like, I'd be happy with 10. <laughs> yeah. No, but- typically when people first start, it's definitely like, it takes a little bit to get the ball rolling, but yeah. that's incredible. Well, and I think it, one thing that did help is I did raise my pricing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I ah, said, yes. here's my new prices. Here's your other option. Yeah. Um, and so it pushed a lot of people into that yearbook club phase. And since then I've actually had another five or six people be like, Hey, when can we get in on that? Like we missed out. Let me in. So I'm trying to work out a plan to kind of let them in later, but so far it's been like totally freeing. It's amazing. Yeah. Because I have all of my monthly expenses covered by the, by the membership. And so I can put more time into making this a great experience for them and not be bogged down with like a million emails and a million, like everything trying to book more people. I don't need to. Yeah. Kind of nice. And it's a good feeling. Yeah, no, that's exactly it's, I guess it was why I created my membership on the front end, but now it's like, I'm almost two years in. And at this point I take very few new clients. So it's really just about working with people I already know. And I send out group emails, like it saves so much time. And so, yeah, I feel like the more (laughs) sort of into it, I get the more I'm like, why would you ever not do this? Well, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that that's working out and has worked out so quickly for you. That's amazing. Yeah, it did really well. Um, well, good. That's a, that's a reflection of you for sure. Um, so I am excited when we talked last time, we got onto the subject of the fact that you use a studio manager and, you know, I talk to people a lot about the importance of sort of structuring what you offer or what you like structuring your time, looking at your time and trying to be really intentional about like, these are the things I'm good at. These are the things that I enjoy. And then these are the things that like either I don't enjoy or I'm not good at or both. Hmm. And I need to get those off my plate. And one of the most common ones that comes up for photographers is editing, but there's like a very, um, (laughs) sort of split, you know, audience out there in terms of some people are like, yep, I would get rid of that in a heartbeat. And other people are like, they're pretty attached to that part of their art, which is totally fine. Yeah. But other than editing, I feel like the other big umbrella of stuff that could be outsourced really is the day-to-day kind of business part of your business, which is where a studio manager comes in. So start off by telling us a little bit about when you first hired a studio manager and sort of the backstory for you. Yeah. So actually before I became a photographer, I was a studio manager for a photographer. Ah, yes. And so I really learned, um, how the whole business needs to work on the back end. Mm -hmm. And she was very particular about how she wanted things to work. Mm -hmm. And so I became very particular about how I wanted things to work. Yeah. Um, and when it got down to it, when I first started my business, I didn't really see a need for it. Cause I was like, I'm not booking that many people. I can't afford it. Um, but then I think it was after I moved to New York, I had a friend, I had, I kept on trying to like get friends to come work for me. Cause I was like, Hey, you want to come like help me do stuff? And so I did, I had a few different friends work for me. Um, that must've been five or six years ago now. And they've all, you know, kind of teetered in and out here and there, but really it was like somebody to come in and handle everything else. Mm -hmm. So it's, I take care of the editing and I take care of the shooting 
the website, blogging, um, maybe some little bit of client emails here and there, but really everything else is them. And that's kind of what I needed because my brain, I was finding, I just, things were falling through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Things were not being up to some of the standards I wanted them to be and not mm-hmm. consistent just because I'm very scatterbrained sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding somebody else who wasn't like that, who's an opposite personality of me that could be like, Hey, get this done. Take care of it. Here's what you need to do. It was really help me run a better business and help me be a better business person in general. Um, because I had somebody telling me what to do. Right. It was, it's awesome. And being a business owner, you don't always know what you're doing half the time. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody else there to keep you accountable and kind of give you a guide of like, okay, here's today's tasks. Here's what I need you to do for me. Or right. here's your shoots this weekend, this time, this place, here's the phone numbers. Um, just kind of be my brain on that side of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, one of the things that I run into when I'm talking to people about outsourcing is this fear of like, especially when maybe they're not crazy busy Mm -hmm. is this sense of like, well, I'm not going to have enough to give somebody to pay them, you know, a lot of money. So it would only be a little bit. And then there's all this training involved and all that sort of stuff. So like, where's the where's the tipping point? Where does it go from like, you need to be in your business for a while to create your own systems and Mm -hmm. figure out how you want to run it before you can then turn around and justify the cost and the um, sort of work of bringing somebody else in. Yeah, it was for me, it um, hit a point where I had a good full season every fall, Mm -hmm. Um, spring and summer were fine, but fall was really what carried me throughout the year. Um, And I remember there was one season where I was like behind on emails, behind on editing, behind on everything really. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend of a friend on Facebook and I was like, she was saying something about being a studio manager. And I was like, I can't afford that. I can't, I can't do that yet. No, I'm not ready yet. Mm -hmm. And she's like, if you hire me now, I'll be ready for next fall. And I was like, it was January, I think. Right. Right. (laughs) And I'm just like scared shitless. And I'm, was like, okay. Um, sure. So I kind of just took the leap and I was like, I'm, I told her up front. I was like, I will train you during my slow season. I will pay you what I can, what, cause your, your pay is kind of dependent on my cash flow, Right. And so she, I was very upfront with her of like, if I'm waiting for somebody to pay their invoice, I might have to pay you a few days late mm-hmm. just because it was something, it was very informal and very friendly conversational kind of thing. Um, but it was just about taking the leap and making myself make afford it because it wasn't, it really, in the end of it, it wasn't that much money. And if I would have just started putting the money aside for it, I would have been able to afford it a long time before that. Right. Um, And I think once you realize that you do have good systems in place, that is super important Mm -hmm. just because you want to be able to train them properly and be like, okay, here's my system. Right. But I also realized that once she got in the groove of everything, letting my studio manager create my system mm-hmm. was like the biggest plus I could have done, like the biggest advantage for myself because she saw the more ins and outs of everything and saw the holes mm-hmm. and was able to make a system that made sense to her and her brain rather than me. <laughs> Cause yeah, it, yeah. whatever I'm thinking may not be what makes sense to her and she's the one running it. So I even told her to like research CRMs, right? Figure out which one you like the best. Cause you're in there the most. 
Right. Um, so I really think uh, to start off though, having that set list of, okay, here's like the touch points of contact that I want throughout the system. Mm-hmm. Here's how it basically works. Um, knowing that on your side of the business is really important because otherwise yeah. she's just like, okay, what do I do next? And right. you don't know. So making sure that you have that set up ahead of time really can make a strong like basis for when you do bring somebody on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, so this conversation is kind of relevant to me right now because, um, I've never had a studio manager for my photography business. And part of that, I attribute to the fact that like the working on things like emails and stuff like that has never taken up all that much of my time, Mm -hmm. but I also outsource my editing and I have these like really, you know, streamlined systems in the rest of my business. Yeah. So it allows me to, to wear that hat without too much trouble. However, (laughs) with this can't be that hard that I have gotten to a point where like, I need help. I need help with my systems. I need, um, there's just too many tasks. Mm -hmm. And so it's been like a really daunting process. Like, okay, I want, I need to hire somebody. Yeah. What can I possibly, you know, it's a, it's kind of an ill-defined role. Well, I, it's up to me (laughs) definition, right? So in trying to put that together, um, I have gone, you know, and I've also been reading things about like how to outsource, um, certain things. And it is, it's like the strategy really shouldn't be give people tasks. It should be give them roles and then let them sort of break that out in tasks. Um, but so, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what you look at as the role of the studio manager and what some of those tasks within that role can be. Yeah. So I, my very basics of it, if I were to start training somebody today, it would be starting with emails, taking a look at my voice and emails, um, making sure that they can match that when they reply to people. Um, even if it's replying as themselves, it's still kind of like a company voice, Mm -hmm. um, as well as understanding how to send contracts, invoicing, um, and just general client communication. So it's really a lot of the client facing stuff for a Mm -hmm. long time. I told my clients, I'm like, this is this person. They're going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm here if you need me, but this is the person you need to ask questions to. Right. Um, and so really that role is taking, taking over the business side of things. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed a girl recently for this position and she was, how did she explain it? Oh, she called herself an online business manager. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, that's so much better than studio manager. Cause I don't have a, I don't have a studio, but right. You know, it's kind of like inferred, <laughs> yep. but it really is. It's somebody who manages the business. So you are the creative in this and finding somebody who is not necessarily creative. I actually don't look for people. I want specifically people who are not trying to become photographers. Right. Because that is another thing I learned from my first job was she didn't want somebody who was trying to become a photographer because the entire time that's their focus. Sure. You want somebody who really has a business focus or at least organizational focus of something, somebody who can multitask or not necessarily multitask, but have an overview on everything and keep it organized. Yeah. Um, so if this means like they created, help me create email templates, they helped me set up the workflow in my CRM. They helped me send out emails. If there was anything that needed to be forwarded to me or a question, they would send me a message in Slack and mm-hmm. forward it to me. Um, but then I would literally just tell them what to say. And it took a while. <laughs> it took a bit for me to like, let go of that and not just reply mm-hmm. myself when I would see it come through. Um, 
because it's really hard to just look at it and be like, okay, they're going to take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was realizing that the minute I was able to kind of let go of all of that, they were able to kind of take on a stronger role and really come into their own as like somebody who a part of the business. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Yeah, I think that that's a really important piece of it is that is recognizing that this is not a piece of software that you're like programming and then, you know, you have your fingers in it. It's another human being yeah. who has, you know, obviously you need to find the right person and the person <laughs> who's going to, as you said, like embody your voice and sort of step into that role within the company that you have created. Mm-hmm. However, if you're micromanaging them to that effect, first of all, you're yeah. not, it's not actually t- making any less work for you. And like who wants to be the person who has somebody breathing down their neck constantly, right? Like yeah. that's not a great recipe for job satisfaction success. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm saying all these things because as I am trying to <laughs> coach myself on how to do this, it's um it's hard, right? It's, it's hard. Really hard. Yeah. And it's taken practice. And I eventually had to delete. I had like I have a bunch of different emails. I have one that's uh-huh. like the studio email and then one that's mine. And I finally just deleted it off my phone, deleted. So I don't even see emails that come in anymore. Yeah. Um, And that's something that is totally their ballgame. So they take it, whatever needs to be done with it. I'm just fully trusting that they will take care of it and see it. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some bad experiences where they weren't paying total attention. So I just kept Mm -hmm. on putting it back on my phone. And so it's been a struggle ever since I started to hire people. It's been a struggle to find that right balance of, me having control as their boss mm-hmm. um, and also letting them become a part of the company. Cause I have always told them, I want you to f- be invested in, su- in the success of my business just as much as I am. Mm-hmm. So if you have ideas, if you have thoughts, if you have, you know, some, something you think we should change, you should tell me, cause I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Mm-hmm. And if I can have somebody else's input on things, it helps a lot. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So how do you, other than saying, I want you to be invested in the success of the business and recognizing that obviously if you, if your business dies, then you can't pay them. Yeah. Do you have any sort of structures in place to either, you know, compensate people if things go particularly well, um, or is there, do you have a system for that or ideas on that? I mean, a system, probably not, (laughs) but a, the girl I formerly worked with right before COVID hit, I had worked with her for like two and a half years. She was amazing. Um, I used to give her like bonuses and holiday bonuses 
around mm-hmm. throughout the year after a really good fall season, I would send her extra just being like, thank you for everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then last January, actually right before everything closed, we went to Mexico together. So oh. like we went to wine country in Mexico and had it made it a full on like company retreat where we talked about goals for the year. We talked about, cause she actually lives in California. And mm-hmm. so us being able to both go somewhere and be in the same room for uninterrupted, uninterrupted <laughs> periods of time yeah. and go over everything. Um, it made her feel appreciated. It made her feel like she was part of it and not just like an assistant. Yeah. Um, and I told her, I was like, this is not just, I never wanted to work by myself. Mm-hmm. I own my own company, but I don't, I don't see this business just being me ever. I want it to always involve somebody else because I feel like I'm photographing families. I want to have a business family. I want it to be more than just me. You know, it's lonely. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. And it makes me sad that that's not more the norm because I do think that it's super isolating. And when, I mean, we all have said this a million times, but like when you're wearing all the hats, you're not wearing any of them particularly well. You can't be, it's Mm -mm. too much. Um, that's so cool. So, okay. So you're, you're asking your studio manager to come in and take over the business systems communication. I'm assuming like scheduling all the back and forth with contracts and all that sort of stuff. Um, what about the ordering process or like that piece of it after the, um, after the session itself? So that I had tried to fully automate, like automate through pick time. Um, but Mm -hmm. I actually trained her how to make albums, so before, oh, nice. before I started automating everything through pick time, she was doing my full, all of my album design. So very cool. it was a lot and I owed her a lot more money than I paid her for it. Um, just because right. we were doing custom albums through Red Tree. And so it was mm-hmm. part of my collections, um, which was great. And I loved giving those to people, but at the time it just got to be way too much work. Um, it got mm-hmm. to be a lot. And so it was something that we had to kind of pull back on, but at the time she was great at it. She learned really fast. Album design is something that you can totally offload to somebody like that. Um, if they have the capacity for it, because you want right. to make sure that you're not spreading them too thin with too many different types of tasks, especially with sure. those situations, you have to deal with the clients a lot more. So she has one of my clients that knows her so well now, because they've talked so much about this album that they made together. Um, and she's like, how's she doing? <laughs> they ask about each other. <laughs> They're friends now. Sure, sure. Oh, that's <laughs> but- funny. Well, and I mean, I think about like, that's something that I recommend is pre-designing products if you want to sell something. So like a wall gallery or an album or something like that, but that's yet another thing that just takes up Mm -hmm. time. But, you know, if you had, let's say 25% of customers that you pre-designed those things for purchase them you would make that money back if you were paying somebody else to do the, 100%. the pre-design. I'm working a, on that yeah. this year, the whole pre-designing stuff. That's awesome. Cause I'm like, eh, I might yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Very cool. Excellent. Um, so you're outsourcing all that stuff or you're offloading all that stuff to your studio manager. What are you keeping control of other than shooting and editing? I keep control of social media, um, shooting, editing, like mm-hmm. you're saying, blogging website, I might do a little bit of emailing here and there if it's like a touchy subject, if somebody's unhappy or if somebody has a ton of questions, I really just, um, I kind of take control of the email from there just because I'm like, okay, this is a very particular person. I don't need her to have to deal with this right now. Um, 
Sure. I also have an introduction phone call with everybody before they book me. So before they can even like get on my calendar, they have to have a call with me. And so that's something that I take care of first. So I make sure I can answer all their questions and I'm present for them. um, So it doesn't just feel like I'm some random photographer in the background. Uh, Right, right. Behind the curtain. Yeah. (laughs) So I do have a very personal conversation with them and then I pass it along. I even tell them at the end of the call, hey, my studio manager is taking over from here. I'm still here if you have questions. Um, But I try and put my focus on everything else. And then I also do a lot of like... um, any thank you cards, all that kind of stuff. I still do personally, but yeah, I just, everything else is not me. (laughs) I'm making a list in my mind of all the many things like you're saying you write a, you do your thank you card, but like, for instance, so many of us have these ideas about ways to provide ongoing customer Mm -hmm. service and those like points of contact that um, are so great for bringing people back into your business and things like that, sending birthday cards. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a family photographer and you have the kids' birthdays and you are sending birthday go- yeah. cards or little, even like e-cards or something like that, that is the sort of thing that like in the long list of things that we are all doing when we're wearing all these hats, that totally gets lost. Mm-hmm. You can have the best of intentions and <laughs> Yeah. Unless you're not me, you, you lose track of them. So, um, yeah, it's like having a second business. Yeah. Thing. And if you had Literally. somebody else thinking about all this with you, they could not necessarily yeah. be doing it for you, but like, Hey, you need to send birthday cards to this person, this person, and this person today. Totally. And my yeah. big thing when I got to like fall season for them was like them reminding me, okay, here are your shoots for the weekend. Here are their names. Here's their address, their phone right. number. Because I had sometimes where I would go look at my calendar and for some reason the address wasn't in there. Then I'm digging through my CRM to try and find the address. And it's like the little yeah. details of things that I was getting lost on. And so if even like yeah. birthdays. So having them remind me to be like, okay, send out this and this today. It's a huge help. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So let's say that everyone listening is like, I'm in, <laughs> I'm hiring a studio manager. Um, what's that process look like? How do you know who you're looking for? Where do you go to find them? Yeah. Um, I've done it a few different ways. So I originally, a long time ago, I put an ad on HoneyBook when I used to be on their platform. And I actually got a guy Mm -hmm. who worked for HoneyBook who was like, I'm looking for an extra job. I can totally do this. And I was like, boom, that's amazing. He already knows my CRM. It's great. Didn't work out. Inside like better than you do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I was, I was expecting, I had a lot of expectations in my mind. Um, didn't work out just because I think I hired him a little too late in the year. And that was my Mm -hmm. one big thing that I would recommend to anybody doing it is hire early in the year, even when it's your slow season. Um, it does take time for somebody to pick up on your system and really flow with it. If you want them to take full control during fall, you need to hire them in like early, early spring. Um, just because I would say the first, the girl I hired before COVID, she, I hired her in January and she was like, had everything down, good to go by fall. And I didn't have to do anything. And that was like the best fall for me because everything was taken care of. Um, but I've, so I've done it a few ways of like finding friends, asking around, putting on like posts on Facebook. Um, I've done a lot of friends don't recommend it. (laughs) It's sometimes it works out great. Um, sometimes it doesn't, and it just kind of makes things awkward. Um, not necessarily something you want in a friendship or even a friend of a friend, some, but you know, the girl I had for two and a half years, she was a friend of a friend. 
And she worked out wonderfully because we weren't like close. We didn't live in the same city. We didn't like hang out all the time. Um, We got to be friends because she worked for me, but, um, and I paid her through Venmo. She was a 1099. Um, That was something that I recommend being very careful about um, because I did get audited by the state of California (laughs) about whether she was 1099 or W2. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so yeah. that maybe look into like some of the legalities. And if anybody ever wants to talk about that, I'd be happy to kind of go in deeper on that. Um, but if you can find somebody who's willing to do a 1099 with you, it makes your life a lot easier. Um, mm-hmm. Just payroll taxes and all that stuff. And then yeah. more recently, though, I found I think this is going to be the new way I do it is searching on Upwork. So you can, I put out an ad for a virtual assistant, I think is what I was able to call it there. And I think I got like 80 applications. It was a lot to handle, but after going through, I found some really great people. I think I had like five interviews with people and our budget changed. So we couldn't end up hiring any of them, but there was this one girl who was just, we had a great conversation. We talked Mm -hmm. about everything and it really, somebody who I knew, knew the business and knew what she was doing. And it sounded very confident in it. And so I don't yeah. necessarily need somebody who is knowledgeable about photography business, but like self-employed people in general. So if you mm-hmm. are somebody who is just out of college and you're like, yeah, sure, I can help you out with emails, might not be the best fit unless they are really on top of it and ready to like fully take on some big responsibilities um, right. or really easy to train. And yeah. it can be really come down to the personality of the person. If you guys mesh well together, if you get along well, um, if you communicate well, you want to make sure mm-hmm. that like when they send you a text with just a period, they're not pissed at you. They're just, that's how they write. Um, right. <laughs> me, I put exclamation points on everything. I know me too. Even though I'm like inward eye roll <laughs> at myself, like, uh, yeah. but I also, yeah, I'm big into how an email comes across and like, how what, could they read even it? if you can't look at my face? Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, I'm right yeah. there with you. Um, and speaking of communication, I think that that's a really important thing with any um, employee or someone that you're working with. So how do you structure the back and forth? You, you mentioned that you use yeah. Slack. Um, do you also have like a weekly meeting of some sort or, you know, how does, how, and I'm sure that it's more communication at the beginning when you're sort of onboarding somebody and then. Yeah. So so. we use, I set up a Slack with different channels for like one for leads, one for um, current clients, past clients, albums, all the different topics that we could talk about. Um, Cause we were trying to do texts and emails back and forth and everything was getting lost. So we created a Slack channel or Slack workspace. Um, If you're not familiar with Slack people listening, (laughs) you can just create channels and it, really, um, helps you organize your thoughts and your conversations. Um, so yes, in the beginning, it's a lot of conversations. We had a lot of zoom calls, um, just to kind of go over things we would screen share. I would show her kind of how to do things before I knew what loom was or how to, you know, (laughs) do that kind of stuff. Um, I will also, I'll link Slack in the show notes. I'll link loom in the show notes for sure. I'm a big fan of both. And so we, um, I would show her how to do everything. And I would put all, give her all my logins, passwords, or create ones for her if she needed it. Um, and then we did have weekly meetings. We had, I think, every Wednesday, I think it was, or we just picked the day. 
And it really was, I wanted a day that wasn't too close to the weekend. So if there were shoots coming up that needed to be emailed, it wasn't like Friday or Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, But also we wanted to give ourselves a chance to like get stuff figured out for the beginning of the week. So we thought Wednesday was kind of a good day. Um, And it was really just going over like her catching me up on anything that I needed to know about. Like, hey, this person is changing it to this time. And I was like, okay, cool. Or this person has a question on their album or this person has a question on this. And if I was like, okay, do you know what to tell them? Then she can just go tell them. But most of the time she would only ask me if she wasn't sure about stuff. Um, It really got down to a point where she could just answer everything on her own, which was great. (laughs) It was like the dream. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And I, yeah, I would expect that that would sort of, you know, as someone gains their own momentum and as you're able to trust that they are, that they've got it, um, then yeah, you don't have to have a conversation about every email that's going out or anything like that. Um, And you, it sounded like you were talking about maybe six to eight months of time between when you first start and that point of just like, okay, great. Let me know if there's a problem. Yeah. Is that, would you say that's that's accurate? accurate. So I would say by fall, she was good to go. She really had, um, it was a training process and it was a learning curve for me to like learn how to teach somebody to do what I do um, in Uh full and not, and I remember there was one time she told me, she's like, Amy, I need you to delete (laughs) the email off your phone. And I was yeah. like, okay, sure. <laughs> Are you sure? Oh, yeah, cool. No cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that. <laughs> and it was really came down to like, she's like, I don't, when you answer emails from there or you answer something without me seeing it, then I am out of the loop and I can't do my job. And I was like, yeah, thank you for telling me it's gone. I trust you completely. And yeah, yeah, yeah I would say around like six months would be a good time frame, but I've, cause I don't think I've had anybody else that long. <laughs> and who were you? I mean, how many hours per week was she working for you at that? So point? the cool thing about it was, is that I told her, I was like, here's what I can afford per week. Originally I had said around eight to 10 hours. Um, mm-hmm. but it got to a point where she's a mom. She was also a med student. I was like, yeah, <laughs> she took on a lot. Yeah. Um, and I was like, really, this is, you know, what needs to get done, do it when you need to. And this is how much I'm going to pay you to get done what needs to get done. Okay. So it kind of got to a point where I was like, I don't really care how many hours you work as long as the work gets done. So it is like, if you can do it all in an hour, then I will pay you this much. If you all, if it takes you 10 hours, I will still pay you this much. So it's really, um, up to kind of their schedule. And that was a really attractive thing for people when I was interviewing mm-hmm. that they were really into like the whole flexible schedule, just because I was like, I don't need you to sit down at specific times except for our meeting. And yeah, as long as like, I am really into quick replies as much as possible, getting back yeah, to people as fast as possible. New York people are not very patient. Yeah. Um, they'll move on to the next person in an hour. So it's yeah something that I was very straightforward about. It was like, Hey, when we get an inquiry, they need to be like replied to right away. And luckily we got that automated, but, um, any other email, if they had a pressing question about their shoot the next day, I wanted to make sure that that got emailed. And if she couldn't reply to it, I was like, if you can't reply to it right away, you forward it to me so I can take care of it. And it's not a slight on anybody's part. It's just how it's going to work. Um, yeah. And it's, but I kind of like guesstimated anywhere from five to 10 hours 
but it just depends on how much work, how high of volume you are and how much work you're willing to offload to them. Yeah, no, that's a really cool way of sort of saying it's not so much, you know, this is my budget. This is what I'm paying you um, or what I'm able to pay. And this is, these are the things that need to be taken care of. How you structure your time is fine as long as X, Y, and Z. Like, I think that that's, yeah, that's a really great way of. Yeah. Just because I work for myself and I don't track how many hours I work a week. I should. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I should maybe try Same. that sometime. <laughs> I, don't I don't want, want to. to. <laughs> I'm scared. I want to know. It would be scary. Yeah. yeah exactly. And so I'm like, I don't expect them to sit down and work at specific times every day. Um, right. And she was at different time zone than me. It just, mm-hmm. it didn't really matter as much once we got working. Um, so I was like, as long as you're able to get what you need to get done. And I, ex- I, you know, expect that if you ever feel like you're being undercompensated or things are taking you longer, just come to me and we can talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Um, I imagine that having now worked with a couple or a few studio managers, you're probably a more efficient boss in terms of like teaching people your systems or like knowing the steps of bringing somebody on. Do you feel like that six month onboarding process or whatever would be shorter if you were to bring somebody on today than it was the first time you did it? Yeah, it would probably be shorter. Um, I Mm -hmm. just depends on how much they already know about the business. Um, and so I think that was getting people into like how to talk to families and how to talk to parents and high paying clients Mm -hmm. while being, Mm -hmm. you know, friendly, approachable, respectable, professional, all of those things are wrapped into one. It takes a little bit of time to learn, but I think it would probably be, I'm thinking around three months, probably be my new onboarding time. And, you know, it's interesting since you have worked with a lot of like friends and friends of friends in the past versus somebody who is a professional VA, you know, if you're looking on Upwork and this is somebody who has experience with that and probably has experience with things like HoneyBook or Dubsado or, you know, whatever the tools Mm -hmm. are that you happen to be using. Um, I, yeah, I'll be interested to see kind of how that progresses. And I think that my, (laughs) my feeling about bringing, taking on uh, an employee and I keep calling it an employee, but I want to underscore what you said about 1099 versus not an um, employee. Those are two very different things. You can never say it's an employee. (laughs) (laughs) Taking on a contract worker. Um, So you know, I think that that is just about like anything else in your business. You, you have to give yourself the grace of like, you're probably not going to do it perfectly Mm -hmm. the first time you're never going to do it perfectly. Um, because it's two human beings interacting with one another and there's always some messiness (laughs) there. And that like, if the first time doesn't work out, that doesn't mean that that's not a doable thing. It's just like a learning. I've had, you know, I've had, let me think, I think I've had five or six and they all yeah. didn't work out for a reason, whether it was them having right. a different schedule and they just couldn't do it anymore or me mm-hmm. feeling like it wasn't a good fit um, and not feeling the support I needed. So it um, it goes both ways. And I know that I've learned a lot more about what to look for in people. And I, But I mm-hmm. still know that I could hire somebody and have it still not work out. And, you know, yeah. I currently have my husband yeah. working for me. So he's on a trial. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Okay. You get to keep your role as husband, but, uh, you're, you're fired from your job. Yeah. That's super funny. 
Um, well, you know, and I think that there are a couple of other things I want to point out about having a studio manager. So there are, when we are marketing ourselves, um, I always say like, there are all kinds of things that you're doing and showing that are part of your brand that have, you know, they don't have to do with your logo and they don't, it's like the words that you use on your website and even things down to like the fonts that Mm -hmm. you use, like all of those things create an impression for sure, having a studio manager and like you have this initial phone call with someone and you talk them through your process mm-hmm. and then they say, okay, great. We, I want to book with you. And you say, wonderful from here forward, my studio manager is going to be taking over this process and, you know, I'll be in touch before our session or whatever. Yeah. But if you have any questions, please, you know, contact them. Like that is a completely different thing from, you know, the experience that they get from a lot of photographers. And I certainly think that that helps underscore, you know, if you're a higher priced photographer yeah. and you're worried about perceived value, I mean, like it helps a lot. You have, an employee. <laughs> yeah, it's seriously, sure. when I raise my prices every time I'm like, but I'm a business, I'm not a person, I'm a business. Mm-hmm. And it really does help underscore the whole like professionalism. And it makes me come off as a team. I'm not just supporting me. I'm supporting this other person too. And yeah. I think for me, it's just made me feel like a little more professional <laughs> and not just sure. like some person in their, you know, bedroom in an office and trying to make things work. Um, yeah. It makes me feel like, okay, I have this company that I can help sustain somebody else's life and somebody else's yeah. livelihood. Um, even though it's not a ton, it's something. Right. And right. if I, if I can put my money into that, I can only hope that my clients are seeing that and very happily putting their money into us and helping me support other people and create jobs. Um, and you know, eventually I want more people in my business. I want everybody. (laughs) I want to work with so many people. (laughs) Um, that's awesome. Well, I, yeah, I'm right there with you with all of these things, um, just in a slightly different vein, but it is, I, what I'm starting to see as I'm just now getting to, I'm at about the three month mark. And so for all this time, it's really been about bringing on my team member's name is Amanda, bringing her up to speed where she's like learning the business Mm -hmm. and learning the, um, my systems and my software and all those different things. And now we're at a place where all of a sudden, like, I'll look at my to-do list and there are things crossed out that I didn't do. And I'm like, isn't that the best feeling ever? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Or you come back to them and be like, oh my God, we forgot to remind this person to do this. And she's like, oh no, I did. It's It's done. It's taken care of. It's like magic. It is like magic. (laughs) It's like the best thing ever. I never want to live without one ever again. Yeah. Well, this is, I think that this conversation is going to like blow people's I hope minds so. wide open. I hope so too. I've been excited about having this conversation with you. For I know we've been now. talking about it for a while. <laughs> I know it took a while to get here, but, um, but this is great. And, you know, this is going to be airing in March and, you know, I think that's early enough in the yeah. year that if someone were to get the process started, that could mean big, like big changes for their fall totally. season. So of Thank course, you so and much if for anybody, taking the time. To yeah, come if anybody on. ever has questions about how to do it or any of the legality stuff that they want answers on or just need some guidance on, I'm happy to assist whoever needs it. <laughs> Excellent. Not that she's going to give you legal advice. No, I will just give you, <laughs> Mind you. my experience. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Amy, I will link all of your stuff in the show notes, but tell people where they can find you. Awesome. You can find me at kinship.photo on Instagram or kinshipphoto.com on Google internet place. (laughs) On the internet. Um, Awesome. Well, it is such a pleasure as always to chat with you and um, we'll have to do it again one of these days about your um yes your that'd be great and how that's all for awesome. us thing. cool all right good stuff have a wonderful day thanks you too well that's it for this week's episode of this can't be that hard i'll be back same time same place next week in the meantime you can find more information about this episode along with all the relevant links notes and downloads at this can't be that hard.com slash learn If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.